Welcome to Decision Vision, a podcast series focusing on critical business decisions. Brought to you by Brady Ware & Company. Brady Ware is a regional, full-service accounting and advisory firm that helps businesses and entrepreneurs make visions a reality. And welcome to Decision Vision, a podcast giving you, the listener, clear vision to make great decisions. In each episode, we discuss the process of decision-making on a different topic from the business owner's or executive's perspective. We aren't necessarily telling you what to do, but we can put you in a position to make an informed decision on your own and understand when you might need help along the way. My name is Mike Blake, and I'm your host for today's program. I'm a director at Brady Warren Company, a full-service accounting firm based in Dayton, Ohio, with offices in Dayton, Columbus, Ohio, Richmond, Indiana, and Alpharetta, Georgia. Brady Ware is sponsoring this podcast, which is being recorded in Atlanta per social distancing protocols. If you like this podcast, please subscribe in your favorite podcast aggregator, and please consider leaving a review of the podcast as well. So today's topic is, um, should I mix my faith with my business? And this can be a, um, a, a very broad topic, to be sure. But I, I think it is a very relevant topic, and it is a deeply personal and impactful decision that somebody decides to make, whether you decide in the affirmative or the negative, to mix to mix faith with business. You know, one of the first things they taught me, at least, as I went out into the marketplace, is um, you know, you don't talk politics, you don't talk religion, and you don't talk something else. I forget what the third thing is. Knowing me, I probably talk about it all the time. Um, And, you know, as a young professional, I made sure to sort of stay away from those things. Although, frankly, my best relationships are with people where I can have conversations about those things. And we frequently disagree, but, you know, we, we, we don't have to, you know, declare a war over it, but that's a separate discussion. Um, But, you know, um, there, there are, there are potentially, Risks. It is not a decision to be taken lightly, um, because any time that you decide that you're going to you're going to put a stake out there and define yourself in in a way that not everybody necessarily uh, agrees with, um, you are taking a risk, and you're investing something of yourself and of your business uh, out there. And there can be some very positive results that come from that, but they aren't necessarily always positive. And, you know, the thing that I find of particular interest about this topic is if you do a search for this topic on, on Google, should I mix my faith with, with my business? Number one, what's enticing to me is nobody really authoritative touches it. You know, The Economist hasn't covered it to my knowledge, Harvard Business Review, Wall Street Journal, you know, the, 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 the big what I consider kind of intellectual journals really haven't covered this at all. Um, which, which tells me then that that's an interesting topic to cover because, you know, other places just don't know how to treat it. And I'm not afraid to take risks on the program. Um, and, and second, um, when you do find that information, nine times out of 10, this is not a statistical study. This is all my own personal, my own personal observation is they tell you exactly what I just said. Don't do it. It, there's just not enough upside to justify the downside, but you know, as as you go on in life, and as as um, as I've accumulated experience in exchange for gray hair and, and two arthritic ankles, you know, you learn that there are people of faith who are very open about their faith. Um, they're not shove it down your throat about their faith, but they're certainly very open about it. That's their that is their um, that is their identity, part of their identity, and and they make that. And they make that part of the business. And there are people that are, are happy with the results that have occurred. And so I think this is an opportunity to kind of present a couple of case studies where I think that has been, been successful. People have made that decision, taken the plunge, and you know have, have accepted both the good and the bad of having made that decision. So I hope you as the listeners are going to enjoy the topic as much as I anticipate that, that we are going to. Um, and, you know, again, I think this is the kind of thing you just, you can't just sort of get every, everywhere, which <clears throat> makes it a more exciting topic to do. So to address this topic, and, and as an aside, this may wind up being a, a two-part um, topic. There's a third, we have a panel of two guests today. There's a third, 
I've been working on trying to get, but I wasn't able to make the schedule work for today. So we may revisit this in a, in a, in a second, uh, in a second session, but I'm not going to commit to that because uh, I can't force the guest to uh, come on. Hopeful that we will. So this may be standalone, maybe second part, and you'll just have to stay tuned and keep downloading these things to find out. Um, so we do have a panel of sorts today. And uh, my first introduction will be with, will be of Bill Leonard, who is the founder of William Leonard and Company. And uh, they are a commercial real estate advisory firm providing services to high growth technology companies and locating office space, negotiating the lease and advising them in the design of their facility to best reflect the culture of the company and align their real estate objectives with their business plan. And I'd be remiss also if I didn't acknowledge that they're one of the they're the stalwart supporters of the old startup lounge, and you have to sort of be of a certain age to remember <laughs> startup lounge now, and, and that's okay. We're happy to fade into history, but um, but uh, you know, Bill was there when not a lot of other people were, and 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 I can't express that gratitude frequently enough. Bill is a native of Atlanta and is a life member of the Atlanta Commercial Board of Realtors Million Dollar Club. In 1975, Bill founded William Leonard and Company, which provides those real estate advisory services primarily to tenants in negotiating office leases. In other words, a tenant representation firm. He's a former member of the board of directors of the Atlanta Commercial Board of Realtors, recipient of the board's exclusive Phoenix Award and the Silver Phoenix Award. He has been active in commercial real estate since 1971 and is dedicated to the development of value-added services and lasting client relationships. A large percentage of his clients are high-growth technology companies. In addition, Bill takes a leadership role in the Christian business community. He is the founder of the High Tech Prayer Breakfast, which is a big deal. If you don't know Atlanta, High Tech Prayer Breakfast, I would say, is one of the top, maybe one of the top three events on the technology professional calendar. And the way that I know that is because they routinely clear 1,500 attendees. I've been to many of these as, as guests of Bill and, and others. And the thing starts at 5.59 a.m. And, and that is not an easy commitment for people to make, especially for a night owl like myself. Um, Bill is co-founder of the Commercial Real Estate Prayer Breakfast, co-founder of the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International, and has served on a number of boards, including Ambassadors for Christ International, the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International, Crown Financial Ministries, High Tech Ministries, Camp Highland, and Teach Every Nation. Bill earned his bachelor's degree in economics and business administration from Furman University. He and his wife, Sandy, have been married for 47 years and have two grown children and five grown Also on our panel, and certainly not least, is Jonathan Minnan, uh, a dear friend of mine for uh, at least a decade, and I think he'd actually admit to that, who is a partner with Smith, Gambrell, and Russell and works out of the Atlanta office. Uh, Smith, Gambrell, Russell is a full-service international law firm that advises regional, national, and global businesses on a wide range of legal matters. The firm's 250 attorneys provide legal counsel in more than 45 specialized practice areas, including corporate transactions, litigation, intellectual property, aviation, banking, real estate, construction, employment law, and employee benefits and executive compensation. Jonathan Minnan is, is a partner with Smith Gambrell and has extensive experience in a wide range of uh, United States and overseas business transactions, including mergers and acquisitions, and ongoing transactional matters across many business sectors. Um, uh, he has the bar from New both uh, New York and uh, Georgia and works from both the New York City and Atlanta offices. Uh, Jonathan's client experience includes businesses which range in size from emerging companies to large publicly traded enterprises, both domestic and overseas. These clients have been involved in a variety of industries, including both traditional high-tech manufacturing, healthcare and financial information systems, robotics, medical devices, biomedical polymers, and technologies involving the telecommunications industry. For some of his clients, uh, Jonathan functions as de facto outside general counsel and is responsible for managing those clients' entire legal portfolio, which involves routinely teaming with other practice groups of the firm to achieve the client's objectives. Jonathan is also on the American-Israel Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors and Executive Committee. And you know, as an aside, you know, the American-Israel Chamber of Commerce you know, Israel, last I checked, is a country of somewhere around 7 million people. So the whole country is roughly the population of the greater Atlanta metro area. That is an incredible chamber. They punch well above their weight. In fact, I would say among, and I'm involved with other binational chambers, they are the most effective, bar none, binational chamber in the Atlanta area. And we have a lot of competition. There are 28 of them. They're just a fantastic uh, organization. 
Um, and he, Jonathan is also a member of the Attorneys for Family Held Enterprises and the Family Firm Institute and holds a law degree from Emory University. Bill and Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on the program. A pleasure. So my, my um, pleasure. Thank you. So I'm, I want to I want to set some groundwork here because I'd, I'd like people to understand their perspectives. This is one one question I'm I'm not going to define for you that you know I think you need to answer it however you think is best answered because I, I want I want our listeners to understand that you know we're trying to create kind of multiple perspectives because I do think that different faiths experience this decision and I think must approach this decision, have a different environment. So they must approach that decision in a different way. So Jonathan, let me start with you. How would you describe your faith? If somebody asked you to describe your faith as I'm doing now, how, how would you do so? That's a great question, uh, Mike. And thanks again for having me on the podcast. Um, Judaism is, of course, an ancient faith dating back many thousands of years. It is one of the three main Abrahamic faiths, uh, being Judaism, Christianity, and all its various forms, as well as Islam. Um, so we all, all three of these faith systems come from a, a common root core um, and have as a central tenet um, of their faith monotheism, uh, essentially one supreme being. Um, the way I would differentiate Judaism from some other religions is that Judaism is much more focused on, I would say, personal, um, that you're really responsible for your, your personal conduct. Um, and it, it, in a, in, in, and I'll give you a great example. We are, at the time this podcast is being recorded, we are about to approach the high holiday season, which are the dual holidays of Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, and 10 days later, Yom Kippur, which is the Jewish Day of Atonement. And one of the things that I find so um, striking, so so meaningful during the Yom Kippur service is a passage that, that roughly translates this way. For the sins that you make against God, the Day of Atonement atones. However, sins or wrongdoings against your fellow person, the Day of Atonement does not atone until you make peace, you personally make peace with that person. And I think that that passage speaks volumes as to kind of one of the, the cores of Judaism. So, Bill, let me uh, thank you for that, Jonathan. So, Bill, let me um, let me let me turn that to you. You know, you're how, how would you how would you describe your faith? You're, you're talking to somebody and and that subject comes up. How would you describe it? Yeah, Mike, again, thank you for uh, allowing me to participate today. I think I would best describe it as John 316. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, God created a man to have fellowship with God, but that was broken. That fellowship was broken when man sinned in Genesis 3. And so since then, man has and God has looked for ways to restore, uh, reconcile, I should say, uh, that relationship. And as a believer, as a Christian, uh, we believe that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, uh, to pay the ultimate penalty, to, uh, to the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And it's up to and not just ours for anyone to receive that gift of salvation. Uh, Jesus, we believe Jesus died on the cross. He was raised again the third day and he had victory over death. So the key to us is forgiveness of sins a different way and uh, the resurrection. So, you know, Bill and and, and Jonathan, um, you know, one thing that strikes me, I, I both, you know, I, you know, certainly recognize and and respect you both immensely for being men of 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 people of faith um and and you know as as i said it's it's not everybody is willing to kind of express it as openly as you do and even link it to your professional lives in 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 a meaningful way and 
what I'd like, Bill, let me start with you, um, is talk about your decision to link your faith to your business. You know, you're very open about it. You know, you're, it's not hard to find your connection to your faith, obviously, with the high-tech prayer breakfast, high-tech ministries, and all the other things that you've done. And I have a feeling I've only read a fraction of the things you do. And same thing with Jonathan. Um, but what, come back to the decision of saying, you know, I've got this business and, you know, I, I like it. I think it's doing pretty well. You know, I'd like it also to somehow be an expression of my faith. Talk about that decision, please. Yeah, we got to go back a long ways. Um, you know, I grew up in the church, but I rejected the church uh, in early teen years and was away from the church. I was in rebellion. Um, when I surrendered my life to Christ, I was 30 years old, and it was a very radical change in my life. And I think you find people who accept Christ in a, in a, as an adult, you know, can have a contrast in their life, can recognize that particular time. When it happened, um, actually, you're maybe a little bit more outspoken about it. Um, maybe this because just recognize the forgiveness uh, for the sins that have you know committed in the past and the future. But um, when I came to Christ, I was very fortunate. I was the guy that uh, was most instrumental in that decision. Uh, was struggling with an issue. He was running a business. I had my business, and he he was a relatively new Christian himself. But he was trying to find out what the Bible had to say anything about running a business. And he kind of pulled me by the collar and uh, seven of us began to meet twice a month to see what the Bible had to say about running a business, hiring, firing, paying your bills. How do you treat your employees? And we did this for a couple of years. And we started this organization called the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International, whose purpose is to encourage and equip Christian CEOs and business owners to operate their business, to conduct their personal lives in accordance with Christ's eternal objectives. So, what, what that did for me is it gave me an opportunity as a new Christian, okay, to see that the Bible was relevant to what I was doing on a daily basis. And we, I really felt like God was calling me 24-7 to live out my faith, not on Sunday, and then go to work on Monday and, and have, live a totally different life. So basically, it allowed me to integrate my, my faith with my work and, and all my whole life, really. And so... As far as being a conscious decision, it's really what gave me purpose in business and purpose in life, for that matter, is integrating my life and my business or my faith in my business. And um, so then it was just a matter of how do you do that? And that's and that was a long you know, process. Right. And we'll get to those specifics shortly. So, Jonathan, let me let me turn it over to you. You know, at, at, at what point you know, talk, talk about the decision that you made whether it was conscious or unconscious, you'll, you'll tell us you know, that you were going to, to make your faith somehow a, a part of your, of your business. The, it, for me, it was really, I think, somewhat automatic in that it's just who I am and always have been. I mean, I've, I've always identified as a Jewish person. I'm not uh, an Orthodox uh, Jewish person. Um, I would be part of what would be called the, you know, the, the, the modern reform movement in the United States. But it's just always been part of my identity. I believe that as I, you know, both when I was in business before law and I grew up in a small town in Kentucky and, and then also when I became a lawyer, I am very much aware that Judaism has been uh, subject to um, a ver variety of forms of anti-Semitism for most of our history. And a lot of very anti-Semitic tropes have evolved from that, from the, from the ancient to the modern. And so I've always felt, because it's pretty obvious if anybody looks at my website or um, LinkedIn bio, or it's pretty obvious I'm Jewish. Um, you know, I don't, I don't need a beard and, you know, ha I don't have to look like the, a caricature of a Jewish person with a hat and beard, neither of which I wear, um, to figure out I'm Jewish. And I, I have always felt that I'm, I'm not only speaking with, for me, I'm also a representative of all of my co-religionists. Um, and so therefore I've always felt that it was incumbent on me in all of my dealings to act 
in a very above board and ethical manner as a way to uh, uh, confront these anti-Semitic stereotypes uh, that have, you know, been around forever. I mean, I, and to some degree, obviously, they're still around. But I remember when my, the story from my parents remembered that uh, years ago at uh, Sea Island, at the cloister, the rule was no blacks, no dogs, and no Jews. When they went for their honeymoon in 1951, they went down to St. Petersburg, Florida, and many of the hotels on the beaches had signs that said restricted clientele, which stood for, it was a, it was a code phrase, you know, no blacks and no Jews. So I felt that, you know, the way I conduct myself professionally and personally, um, I'm not just speaking for myself. I'm also essentially a representative for every other Jewish person out there. So it, it kind of just happened. It evolved. So one thing that strikes me, I'd like both of you to respond to this, um, um, about how you describe your respective face and your, and your decisions and how you integrate that into your business life is, you know, Bill's approach, and, I, and I'm just going to extrapolate here, please do correct me if I'm, I'm full of it, is, you know, it's, it's, it's an approach to religion that is, is high profile, if you will. And that glorifying God is is a very is a very important and central feature of that practice of faith. Whereas Judaism, at least the way you, Jonathan, describe it, it's it's somewhat more introspective. Um, and neither one is right or wrong. But I think that does inform that you know I, when I think of of Christian-owned businesses, I think that frankly they're easier to identify. Because of that tenet, whereas you know Jewish-owned businesses, aside from you know the stereotypical deli, that kind of thing, right? Um, they're not quite as easy to identify. You know, Jonathan, I wouldn't necessarily identify you as 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 linking your faith to your business, except for the fact you do wear the the uh, the, the flag of the state of Israel on on your uh, your suit lapel. Um, but there are two very different approaches that I think also inform the ways in which you link your faith to your business. Is that is that a fair observation or am I full of it? Bill, you want to go first? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, uh, you know, Christ commanded us to go into all the world and make disciples. So uh, I'm an evangelical Christian. Um, uh, someone cared enough about me to reach out to me when I really has a lot of challenges going on in my life and literally, you know, it changed my life. So I'm evangelistic. Um, I don't, I don't know uh, many Jewish people who in a sense uh, are evangelistic to try to convert somebody uh, to Judaism. And I can't convert anybody, but um, I feel compelled to tell everybody about my faith in Christ. And uh, so I think, I think maybe that's part of the reason that you would see Jonathan uh, and myself different in our approach to, uh, to, you know, integrating our faith into our, in our, into our practice, because ours clearly is evangelistic. And that's the whole purpose of the high tech prayer breakfast and the real estate, commercial real estate prayer breakfast and the other, you know, prayer breakfast that we help start. And that's just a part of it. But I mean, that's, that is on my mind. Uh, literally all the time, the people I meet is uh, is praying for them and sharing my faith with them at the appropriate time. So, you know, I think that's I think that would be very different for me as I see a Jewish person versus uh, an evangelical Christian. Jonathan, and I would yeah I would agree with with Bill's assessment um, because there's really I mean you can always find exceptions okay there are always exceptions but as a general rule um, I would completely agree with Bill, because there's really not an evangelical component uh, as part of Judaism. Um, and, and it's just not, it's just not really part of the faith system. Um, there is a process if somebody chose to become Jewish by choice, but it's not an easy process. I mean, it, it, and, and um, you know, there's a, because it's not, 
it's there's a lot you take on um, by being Jewish. Um, and so it's not something that should be done lightly if somebody chooses to be Jewish by choice. But, as a, but we really don't do much in the way of evangelical. Um, I do want to point out one thing you said, because I think it merits pointing it out. There are a very large number of, of probably, they're Christian, but they're probably evangelical Christians who are extremely supportive of the flag of, of the state of Israel, the modern state of Israel, and probably would be very happy to wear the same kind of pin that I wear, which is one of these dual flag pins with the American flag and the, and the Israeli flag side by side. And, and, and I will speak strictly my own opinion here. Um, Israel would be in a lot of difficulty if she did not have the loving support of the evangelical Christian community. And I think people who, who think about it a little bit, um, they have two words in response, which is thank you. And so I, I didn't want that opportunity to pass by. I just want to speak and say that uh, next to the Jewish people, the evangelical Christians are Israel's best friend uh, because we believe in the scripture and the scripture. I mean, the Jews are God's chosen people. No doubt about that. He chose the Jewish people. Uh, you know why he chose the Jewish people, why he chose me. Uh, we don't know, but we are big supporters of Israel. So, you know, and, and, and this may be a little. Please go ahead. No, I'd say, you know, Bill, and sometimes maybe you don't have a chance to have a cup of coffee together. You know, something, and this is just, again, my own feeling, is, you know, when, when some Christians and Jews get together and they have this rift about, about Jesus, is, you know, what I've developed in my own feeling is, in, in both Christianity and Judaism, there is the concept of the Messiah. And, you know, if we are so blessed in our lifetimes where the Messiah should come before us, Christians would say, essentially, welcome back. Jews might say, what took you so long? But at that point, does it really matter anymore? And so when you when you get down to the fundamentals, we're, you know, there's there's so much more similarity than there is difference. I agree. And, sure and the similarities to, to to yes, to embrace and, and to you know, even though there's a little difference in 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 um, in methodology, you know, at its core, there's really not much daylight between the two faiths. I read the Bible. I read through the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament every year, and it's nine months in the Old Testament and only three months in the New Testament. So, uh, I just, I just, I just graduated from the Old Testament, uh, Jonathan. All right, Mike, you're go back to you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, no, th but this this is really good stuff. I'm, I'm this this is fun to listen to. So, question I, I'd like I'd like both of you to answer. I'll, Bill, I'll just toss this to you. Is you know, can can you talk about? There are probably lots of ways, but we want to limit our time here a little bit. You know, what are the sort of two or three ways, most important ways that you you find that your faith manifests itself in your day to day business? Well, I believe that God gave me my business as a platform for ministry, as a tool or a vehicle to reach people for Christ. So I would hope that you know, I mean, I have my I have a quiet time every morning. Um, and, um, I, I, as I do, I read through the Bible every year, uh, now and, um, and I pray for a lot of people. Uh, I'm, I try to pray for the people that I am going to see that day, or I'm going to talk to that day and, and asking God to use me in whatever way he chooses to use me. So I, that would manifest itself in a lot of ways. It may, you know, manifest, manifest itself in serving. It may manifest itself in sharing my faith. Um, you know, again, I, hopefully it's totally integrated in everything I do. You know, I think that uh, it begins with loving people and how you treat people. Uh, it's followed by, that, by uh, you know, doing things with excellence. And I think Jonathan and I would certainly agree on that, that, uh, you know, hey, listen, you don't treat people right. If you don't do your work with excellence, you know, you can forget about the rest of it because you don't have any basis. You don't have any foundation uh, to talk to anybody about what you believe. Jonathan, how about you? 
Well, I would absolutely agree with, you know, Bill, with your last comment. And, and that's what really kind of um, guides me is that I'm a business lawyer, obviously, as, as I was introduced so graciously by Mike. But it's it's fine to attend to your business. And as a lawyer, my, my ethical responsibility is to advocate um, forcefully for, for my client. But I have always felt it is absolutely a rock-solid foundation to do that in an ethical uh, manner and ethics in all of its manifestations. Truth, uh, reliability, honesty. If you make a mistake, you admit it. Um, you don't. You don't try to you know hide anything. Um, and and uh, and I and 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 that's a big part. The the other thing is, and this is one of the the differences between faith systems is that uh, Judaism does not have this same concept of, of uh, life after death as Christianity does. Um, and I can tell you from personal experience, having lost my mother last April, um, it would be very comforting uh, for me right now if Judaism had such a concept, but it does not. It's, it's left, it doesn't deny it, it just doesn't get into it very much. But what Judaism does focus on is that you are remembered by your deeds. You're remembered how you acted to fellow people. And so one of the things is I ask myself, how do I want to be remembered by the people who I touched in my life and in my profession? Um, and I always, whether I carried the day in a negotiation or did not, I always want to be remembered as somebody who was honest and ethical in everything I did. Um, I hope that answers the question a bit. There's a New Testament verse that I think that um, Jonathan would agree with, and that is in Colossians 3.23. It says, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the reward of your inheritance. I kind of some that's one of the foundational verses that I try to live my life uh, by as another one's an Old Testament verse. It's, it's a Proverbs 22, one that says a good name is to be more desired than great riches. Um, we all want to make a deal. We all want to make money, et cetera. But uh, it's it's hard to develop a good reputation. It's very easy to lose it. Yeah, boy, it sure is. I mean, even uh, I posted a quote of the day on my LinkedIn profile. A um, couple of weeks ago, that you know, it, it takes a lifetime to build a reputation, five minutes to destroy it. Right. Um, Absolutely. It, when I thought of the next question, I thought, I thought of, I, I, I kind of, you know, when I write these questions, I think, and I kind of anticipate what the answers may look like, and I love it when I'm surprised. I'm almost, I almost thought about not asking this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I think it's important to, to make, make the, the, the answer very clear. And that is, do you draw a line between promoting your faith versus promoting your business? And if so, how do you decide where that line should be? Um, Jonathan, let me start with you on that. Sure. Well, because Judaism doesn't really have an, an evangelical component, I, I don't promote my faith to others. Um, I try rather to be, as I mentioned earlier, to be an honorable representative of my faith in all the dealings that I do. Um, and again, this also goes back to the fact that there's been, you know, so much anti-Semitism over the, over the millennia um, that, uh, I, it, it offends me deeply when I see a Jewish person not acting in an ethical manner. And people are people, and there are plenty of Jews who don't act in an ethical manner. It's not because they're Jews, it's because they're unethical people. But what people remember is that they were Jews. Right. And, and that really ups, that upsets me. Um, and and I, I, I had a situation um and I'll just, I, I can't get into the details, but it was um, somebody that, that I uh, had an association with 
who was part of the Orthodox community and acted in an unethical manner. Um, And I was absolutely livid because I I said, you have just confirmed all the anti-Semitic tropes that I work so hard to show are nothing but anti-Semitic tropes. And here you've manifested them. And I was livid. And he didn't do that because he was Jewish. He did it because he's an unethical guy. But what did people remember? They remembered he was Jewish. Right. So you gotta, you, 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 there's a responsibility. You're not just dealing with yourself. Um, and, and I had, when I first started uh, working with uh, Israeli companies in the United States, I gave a lecture in Israel to a bunch of, of uh, early stage companies. And I remember this this very well. I said, when you are conducting business with a U.S. company, you go ahead and negotiate as hard as you want. That when you strike a deal, that is the deal. Your word is the bond. And I said, because if you break that, let me tell you, nobody's going to remember that, you know, Solomon broke his word. It's going to be the Israeli broke his word. And you have now tarnished the reputation of everybody. So. When you go out in the business world, you're not just out there yourself. You're out there as a representative. You know, let me let me comment on that. I think that's a really interesting point, and it's it's something I I'd never given any thought to. But but you know, one of the things that makes the the Jewish religion unusual and maybe unique, but at a minimum unusual, is that is that being Jewish is both a religion and, for the most part, an ethnicity. Um, of course, there, there are conversions and so forth, but but there is a, for good or ill, there is an ethnic component in association to association with it. And you know, I think about that person, and and you know, I imagine that as as you are, frankly, upbraiding him, um, you know, he's maybe thinking, you know, I I didn't ask for this, right? <laughs> I'm 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 just a guy. I happen to be Jewish. He may not may or may not be practicing. You know, it's it's you know, what why am I sort of tasked with representing an entire people? And I'm I'm not defending the behavior necessarily, but but because of the because of the history, and I think be, because of the the unique the unique sort of ethnic religious silo that occurs, there is sort of a whether you like it or not, I guess you can say there is, you are sort of out there, no pun intended, waving the bar representing that, that people. And what you do does reflect on, on others who are associated with you in a way that say, you know, myself as a Catholic, you know, if I'm a jerk to somebody, people don't say, well, all Catholics are jerks and say Blake's a jerk. Um, you know, I, I don't have that, that burden that I think, I think Jonathan, you do. That that's correct. Um, at least I feel that I do. Um, and I'll, and and you you talk about both the religion and ethnicity. You you are correct, and and I'll give you an example of that. Um, Mike, I know you're a science fiction fan. I certainly am. And if we all ran across a a wormhole or a temporal rift, to borrow from Star Trek, nice. and I was suddenly transport and I was tra- suddenly transported a thousand years into the past and deposited in Europe. So we're now looking at, you know, um, the year, uh, what would that be? Uh, 2000 uh, or 1020 uh, of the common area, uh, AD. And I walked into a synagogue. Okay. I, I don't know their street language. They don't know mine. And I'm now a thousand years into the past, but I can tell you, that I know which direction to stand when we pray, and I'm going to be able to pray in a common language with them. And uh, that's going to be, I mean, how, where else can you say that? Yeah, I mean. The, and I'll know the order, and I could, I could go through a whole service with them. I could, yeah. from, you know, from beginning to end, we can pray as if there is no difference between us at all, in the same language, doing the same things at the same time. So, Bill, let me let me get to you on the same question. You know, is there? I think I already know the answer to this, but I don't. I don't want to assume. Um, is there a line in your mind between promoting your faith 
and promoting your business? And if so, what in your mind does that line look like? Yeah, it definitely has to be uh, since, again, I'm a bit, uh, evangelical. And, and it was, I tell you, that was harder, Mike, in the early days as a Christian um, because there's a verse in Romans that said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Um, and, and, I, and I felt this, I felt I needed, in other words, I needed to share my faith. I needed to, t- I needed to tell people who I was. I needed to pray over the food. I didn't need to be embarrassed about, you know, praying over the food, regardless of who I was having, you know, lunch with, et cetera. I saw it as an opportunity uh, for evangelism. Uh, I, I, you know, it took a while, but I learned. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes I, sometimes I will ask, you know, you know, can I bless the food? And if I do, it's a very short prayer because I know the guy on the other side is probably uh, embarrassed out his head, even for, you know, five seconds. Um, but it is a way to bring up, it is a way to bring up my faith. Uh, sometimes it's somebody asks you, then where do you go to church? And so it gives you an opportunity to talk, but yeah, clearly you've got to draw a line. You got to draw a line. It's uh, God didn't put me here just to, just to, um, you know, irritate people because I want, I want to share my faith. Uh, but I'd be sensitive to where they are because I, I, it's not going to do any good anyway. Again, I cannot convert anybody. Only God can do that. And, I, and really, I just need to be sensitive to where people are and meet them where they are and hopefully take them from one where they are to one step closer to Christ. Or if they're not interested, to shut up. You know, it's not my responsibility. But you definitely ha- there should be a line. Let's put it that way. Uh, I haven't I haven't always gotten it right. I'm not sure I get it right now, but uh, recognize that that's, that's definitely a challenge. So if you're not all about sort of converting people, clearly you're not a big Facebook user. <laughs> no, I don't use Facebook. I, I, I try and stay away from that. I do a little bit of LinkedIn, but uh, I think I've got five friends on Facebook and I'd like to really get rid of them just because uh, I, don't, I, I don't want to be on Facebook. So. Yeah, I, 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 I don't blame you. It probably should be renamed JudgeBook. But um, uh, at any rate, so let's, let's you know, we walk through some of the, the decision-making processes here. And I'd like to spend the next couple of minutes talking about, you know, has, first I want to talk about, has it been, has there been a noticeable positive effect on your respective businesses? And, and, you know, what I mean is, you know, do you seem to attract more and better clients or more and better or maybe better fit is the better word? employees or something else in other words you know can you point to good things that have happened to you commercially because of your choice to align your business with your faith that other not otherwise might not have happened had you chosen a more secular path and bill let me let me let you continue talking about that if you can well yeah there's no absolutely no doubt about that um when i you know charlie paparelli uh, Charlie Paparelli came to Christ, you know, through uh, high tech ministries. Uh, Matt McConnell. Uh, I mean, it's, it's some really radical life change that's taken place, and that's the bottom line for for us or for me. That is life change, and uh, the real value. I mean, in the end, I'm, I'm I'll be seventy four years old this month. Uh, looking back, you know, do I remember the deals? Yeah, I remember the deals. Do I remember the money? Absolutely, money's important. But what's really important? is seeing lives radically change, not just just not just like Charlie, but his wife, his family, and the impact he's had throughout the technology community, far more than I've had. And uh, so that's that's the real value. And yeah, I think it does bring people together. Uh, I admire uh, Jewish people. I think they're very loyal to each other. Uh, Christians aren't nearly as loyal, but uh, a lot of my clients are, are Christians, and I have to be careful that I don't get stuck in the holy huddle because I really want to get out and build relationships with people who are not believers. Uh, but as far as our company goes, everyone here is a believer because we're a small company. I and mean, we're only four people, Jonathan, and we've been in business 45 years. We've been up to seven, back down to four. So, I mean, it's important because it's, you know, it's integrated, it's integral to who we are. And um, as a company uh, being small, yeah, we're all believers. And that's just part of, you know, it's a part of the way we live it. So if I was larger, if I had 20, 40 people, it wouldn't be that way. But that's just the way God's led me and the way I'm wired. So, 
Jonathan, same same question to you. You know, can you identify ways in which your your decision to to connect your faith with your your business activities has brought some some positive impact that you otherwise may not have had had it had the, that connection not been made. In my case, I can't. Uh, in, in terms of because we need to separate being Jewish and doing U.S. work for Israeli companies because those are two. Those are not the same things. Okay, um, in terms of the Jewish aspect. No, I can't really point to anything that that uh, has directly benefited my practice. Um, you know, where I only got work because I'm known as Jewish. It would not surprise me, although I don't know, but it would not surprise me if I have been rejected um, for that same reason by certain people. Um I wouldn't know that because if you're rejected, you don't really know. You just don't get the business. You know, you don't get the representation. On the Israeli side, um, you know, because I, I started 20 years ago to say, hey, I, I'd like to kind of develop a practice niche in doing U.S. work for Israeli companies. Um, being Jewish, I think, has certainly helped that because the normal model is that you have a company that develops in Israel, so you have the Israeli parent company, and as you correctly pointed out, Israel is real tiny in a difficult neighborhood, although, thank the good Lord, it's gotten a little less difficult uh, recently. But, um, you know, I mean, you talk about the population of Israel being like the population of, of Metro Atlanta, the land area of Israel, the, land, the square mileage land area of Israel and, and, and the land area of San Bernardino County, California, is about the same. That's how tiny it is. So Israeli companies, when they want to get bigger, look to the United States so for expansion. So they open up subsidiaries here. I am quite sure that the fact that I am Jewish was a point of comfort um, to Israeli business owners who were looking for U.S. representation because they felt there was, you know, some, you know, common ground affinity. Um, but I will also tell you that that only gets you in the door. After that, it's back to what I said before. Do you do you perform and conduct your business in an ethical and proper manner? Because if you don't, it doesn't matter whether you're Jewish or not. You're going to get fired. So. All that does is maybe help you get yourself in the door. And after that, you have to prove yourself as a, as a, a competent and ethical individual. We are speaking with uh, Jonathan Minnan and Bill Leonard on the Decision Vision podcast, talking about um, linking or mixing um, business with, uh, with, with one's faith. And uh, we're coming to the end of our time here, but I want to squeeze in a couple of questions. Jonathan, you touched upon this um, a, a little bit already, so I'm going to throw this to Bill instead and then let you add to it if you want. And Bill, my question is this, is that have you found that linking your business to your faith has been limiting in any way? Have, have, you know, uh, have people in any way been, been turned off, have been intimidated, have been made uneasy that, that you can discern? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there are times, again, we're visible about our faith. Um, and so I think, you know, that, that attracts that rejection. Yeah, but I've been fired because of my faith. I've been, uh, you know, because they don't want to do business with me. That's fine. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I believe it all comes from God. I believe there's not one deal that we've done in 45 years that wasn't from him. Uh, there's a, a, a verse that I love is actually David's King David's prayer after raising the money uh, for, for the, to build the temple. It says, riches and honor come from you alone, and you're the ruler of all mankind. Your hand controls power and might, and it's at your discretion that men are made great and given strength. That's the way I look at it is, you know, first of all, I'm to be obedient to him, and I believe he provides. Uh, I believe he's a very active God. And um, so, yeah, there have been times, but you know what? Uh, the blessings have so far outweighed any negative. Uh, I'm not worried about that. Uh, just trying to be more discerning at times when I 
should keep my mouth shut, you know, uh, as far as sharing my faith. Jonathan, you talked about that a little bit. Is there anything you want to add to it? Uh, I, I really like what Bill said. I mean, I'm really right with you. I mean, if, if I am who I am, um, and if somebody has a problem with that, you know, guess what? The sun will rise in the east tomorrow, and they're welcome to find a different lawyer if my being Jewish Protestant. So um, I'm right there with Bill that, you know, we're not, we're not going to change who we are at, at our core just to get the next piece of business. So I, I fully agree with Bill. So, gentlemen, this has been a, a great conversation. And, you know, uh, absent any kind of constraints, we could easily go on for another hour or so, and I would be, I would continue to be on the edge of my seat. But, um, but unfortunately, you know, time, time is limited. Um, I suspect at least somebody in our audience is going to have questions about about this topic and maybe learning more about your experiences. Uh, can they contact you? And if so, what is the best way for somebody to contact you if they want to pursue this topic further with you? Uh, I'll go first. It's, uh, it's for William Leonard and Company. It's uh, phone number is 404-252-9700. And my email address is bill at wmleonard, L-E-O-N-A-R-D.com. I'm happy to talk about it. And uh, people are welcome to contact me. Probably the easiest way is uh, by email, uh, which you can find on, uh, on our website. Uh, our website's sgrlaw.com, or you can email me at uh, first initial and last name, jmenon at sgrlaw.com. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for today's program. I'd like to thank Jonathan Menon and Bill Leonard so much for joining us and sharing their experience, their expertise with us today. And um, you know, we'll be exploring a new topic each week. So please tune in so that when you're faced with your next executive decision, you have clear vision when making it. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider leaving a review with your favorite podcast aggregator that helps people find us so that we can help them. Once again, this is Mike Blake, our sponsor is Brady Ware & Company, and this has been the Decision Vision Podcast.